In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by Abby, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony, then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Happy Mitchell Trubisky Day. Finally, it's been over five months. And has it really have... been five months? Wow. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't talked since the end of the season. It's June now. That's a crazy thought. Uh, welcome in. This is the Hogan Johns podcast. And because it's such a special day with Mitchell Trubisky uh, speaking to the media, we had to bring in Kevin Fishbane, too. So Kev's here. Guys, there's no better day to join the podcast than Mitch Trubisky Day. Are we? Do you still call him Mitchell Hogue? Is that like a... Is that a you thing? Have you been doing that all the whole time? I shifted to Mitchell last year. <laughs> Is it because he struggled last year? It was like a you know, like a Mitchell go to your room, you're not no, doing I, well? I think what it was was I think Nagy started calling him Mitchell. Like he was in I trouble. Think, I yeah, think it might Nagy, be the same reason. I, I think Nagy called him Mitch in twenty eighteen and then went, I don't know why. So you you were scolding him with every article you were you were writing then with the right. full on Mitchell. Yes, if I knew his middle name, I'd throw that in there too. We could look that up. Yeah, but I'll know, do it. That would I'll that would take. He, Kevin, okay. you can talk. Either way, I'm excited to be here, guys. I always am. Mitch Trubisky Day. Let's get at it. Not so much Rex Manning Day. Remember Rex Manning Day? You guys know what Rex Manning Day is? I I, I remember. I know what you're talking about, John Z. Good movie. Why don't you go write another Hawks piece or something? <laughs> By the way, I felt bad. Uh, we did not plug that the other day, and um, it was really good. Appreciate so, it, man. I'm um, looking forward to the sequel of Inside uh, Hosa's Five Day Bender. <laughs> that was that was amazing stuff. So if you did not see this, you should. Uh, it's on the Athletic, the Athletic app. Adam Johns wrote this incredible. Like everybody's celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup in 2010. Well, John's concentrated just on the party that happened afterwards. Yes. Which, right up your alley, 
right up my alley, right up this podcast alley. Um, and yeah, there was a little nugget in there about how Hosa just basically told his wife, see you in five days. I'm going on a five-day <laughs> and bender. And she was cool with it. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to pull that off? Honey, you know, if I write this article well and I make my deadline, I'm going to go out for five days party. <laughs> like, no, no. I, I think you should try it. Yes, yes. What do you think? Nah, she's giving me the eye over there. She's over there. Yes. No, she's not happy. Oh, she's already t- not approving. Okay. Um, so Johns has been shut down. W- welcome in. This is the Hogan Johns Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Kevin Fishbane here at K Fishbane. You should be following him as well. Our producer is Kent Garrison. Our plan today, because Mitch did talk, is to give you... The entire Zoom call. How long is it? About 20 minutes or something like that? A little yeah, just, bit over Just that? over 20 minutes. So um, we uh, we will do that here momentarily. But before we get to it, just to kind of set it up, um, we already mentioned, I haven't talked to Trubisky in a really long time since the end of last season. Uh, typically, I think there would have been some availability in OTAs or something like yes. that. But there, there, there's nothing's been typical about this offseason. So most notably, you know, they, they trade for Nick Foles. We haven't really had Mitch's reaction. They um, didn't pick up his fifth-year option. We haven't had Mitch's reaction to that. And really just we haven't heard anything about, I mean, other than what Nagy has said and some periodic things from Al Robinson saying they're working out. Demetrius Harris talked the other day and, and talked about that a little bit. Everything's been secondhand, but this was our, our first chance to talk to Mitch. And I think people are going to find, um, I mean, this was one of his best press conferences ever. This is, this is a kid, we can say this, he uses cliches a lot. He rambles a little bit when he talks. I mean, these are just all things that anyone can make observations from his press conferences, especially during the season. And I thought today he was great. Yes. A lot of... I'll use the phrase honest assessments on some things. Like uh, like he realizes what his reality is. And yes, the, the pissed off, I think... That was like his fourth word, right? That's like that's how he kind of let off his, his press conference. Like that's going to go everywhere. I think somebody on here wrote a column about it already, right? I did. Kev? I did it. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are. <laughs> I, I'm. I guess it's because you guys pissed off. You guys write for You guys write for the athletic, so it's like uh, you got to give me shit for for writing something hey, very quickly. Hey, hey, PG here. Well, that's true. <laughs> Back um, to the yeah, press conference. I yes. wrote a column on Mitch being pissed off that is on NBCSportsChicago.com. I did write it very quickly. Uh, the main reason behind that is because it's Friday and we have this podcast. And as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'd like to go enjoy my weekend. If we're being brutally, if we're being brutally honest here, like Trubisky. I know we're gonna we're gonna listen to it and recap it, but I, I will say, yeah, Mitch Mitch went one and zero today. Does it mean he's going to start or be a good quarterback? I don't know. But you know, I, I would imagine if, if you're Ryan Pace and you saw the, the public comments, and, and, and Ryan and Matt have probably seen more of Mitch in the last nine weeks, I think you're like, yeah, that's what I want my quarterback to sound like right now. I want him to be pissed off. Yeah, and that was kind of the gist of, of my call. We, this is something we've talked about, guys, on this podcast for a long time. Right, Johns? I mean, we've we've talked about how he needs to play pissed off, and we want to see more of that. 
And so this is the off season. It's just him talking. Uh, I asked him, and that's one of the questions you'll hear in here. You know, how does he hope that manifests itself on the field? Because ultimately, that's what matters the most. But here, let's do it. Here's the full conversation with Mitch Trubisky today. You can hear it in his own words, uh, his own, you know, tone. I think that's why we want to play this thing. The tone of his voice, the inflection, it sounded genuine. These are the things I think you, you want to hear from your quarterback right now. And I think what Matt Nagy wants to hear from his quarterback right now. So here it is, the full conversation with Mitchell Trubisky. Hey, Mitch, good to see you. Um, I guess the obvious question to start is, you know, you've been the unquestioned guy here for a couple of years. They go out um, and trade for Foles and, you know, give him some pretty good money. And he's a guy that has done some good things in the league throughout his career. Just kind of what was your thought process and reaction when that was all happening in real time for you? Yeah, it was kind of interesting to me. Uh, but that was, I mean, that's the business uh, that we're in. Uh, I think I was kind of pissed off in a good way. I've been motivated ever since. I, I've been motivated. Um, since our season ended last year, I didn't feel like it went the way we wanted to. And uh, we left a lot out there, but um, I'm excited for this year. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good competition. And uh, Foles has had uh, has, has a crazy career as well. So it's been cool having him in our room talking ball. Um, I know we're going to push each other, but I still feel like this is my team. Um, and I'm excited for the competition and just get back on the field with my guys and, and show everybody what I can still do and how hard I've been working this offseason to um, to help the Bears win games this year. So it's it, it's been interesting. But, again, it's a business decision, and I'm, I'm all for um, the Bears getting better and, and helping us win games. Uh, Colleen, go ahead. Hey, Mitch, uh, what have your conversations been like with Matt regarding the team decisions around the quarterback position, you know, both trading for Nick and declining your option? And how what has he relayed to you about how he kind of wants you to handle the situation? Um, we, we've had good conversations. I mean, I'm going to handle it the way I know how, and that's just to show everybody who I am, go out there, compete, um, be myself, be the competitive person I am and prove to my teammates and to coach Nagy that I deserve to be the starter on this team. Um, and that I still am a leader of this team and I give us the best chance to go out there and win games. So, uh, I'm, I'm very confident about where I'm at right now and, and what I can still do for this team. And we've, me and Coach have had great conversations about how we can just fix the problems um, and of, of what happened last year and how we can get better for this year. So it's been all positive conversation. And uh, Coach Nagy and I are both competitive people, and, and we just want to win games and do what's best for this team. So there have been great conversations, and um, we're just trying to find solutions of how we can get better and how we can all get on the same page to make our offense um, be a lot better than it was last year. Uh, Kevin Fishbane, go ahead. Hey, Mitch, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Good. Uh, you know, Matt said, told us at the end of last year, he wants you to become a master at understanding coverages. And, and without being able to practice against a live defense all this time, what are some of the things specifically you've been able to do to you know, accomplish that, to improve the way that you read defenses? Yeah, definitely. Definitely an emphasis for this year. I think just going back and watching every single snap uh, from the last two seasons in this offense, um, and seeing the mistakes and um, what coverage it actually was versus what I was seeing on the field and where Coach Nagy thought the ball should have went and where it actually went. So um, just fixing my mistakes in the film study and then doing different uh, visualization and communication things with Coach uh, to get us on the same page and um, just watching a lot of film, correcting my mistakes and um, understanding 
a better understanding of the offense. So he challenged me in that, and I fully accepted it, um, as well as knowing the offense really, really well. So uh, I'm just watching a lot of film and studying it like the back of my hand. So uh, I'm excited to to be a lot better in that area this year. Uh, Brad Biggs, go ahead. Hey, Mips, thanks for taking the time to visit with us uh, this afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of well too. Yeah, hanging in there. Obviously, there are a lot of moving parts, but when you had the opportunity to reflect back on 2019, what were specific struggles you identified and, and what part was most frustrating to you? Can you say that one part one more time? Sorry, it went out a little bit. Yeah, just uh, when you had the opportunity to reflect back on 2019, what were specific struggles you identified and what part was maybe most frustrating to you? Yeah, I think overall um, it was it, it had to do with health and then lack of details on offense. So I think if we work on those te- two things, obviously health comes down to um, a little bit of luck and just having everybody's body right, ready to go for this season. And then um, we just got to be more detailed. We got to be more locked into our game plans week in, week out. Everybody's got to be on the same page. And when we get to Sundays, it's got to be all be got to all be about execution. So um, I felt like we lacked off uh, details overall on offense, myself included, um, especially. And I think if, if we're on top of those this year and we just hold each other accountable uh, to the standard that we know we're capable of, um, then we'll have a lot more success and win and win more games. But we definitely have the talent. I think it just comes down to being disciplined. Um, playing smart football and and everybody doing their jobs to perfection. So that's those are two of the main focuses that that I came away with looking at last year. And then go ahead. Hey Mitch, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, curious, what was the process like in terms of them declining your option? When did they tell you? Were you surprised by it? And what was part of the explanation? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really a big surprise to me because I, I kind of felt like I had it come in. I mean, I put myself in their shoes. If if I was looking at myself, I, I feel like I would have to go out and earn that fifth option. I feel like the way I played last year um, didn't merit that. So I wasn't all that surprised. I think they called me, I think, three days before it actually came out to the media that they're declining my option. Um, but for me, my plan is just to go out there and, and earn my next contract, wherever that is. And, uh, I want to be here in Chicago. Um, I'm going to play my heart and soul out for this team um, and give it everything I got. Um, So I'm just excited to get back on the field with my teammates um, and and get back to work. But uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge surprise. I think it's just more fuel to the fire to me. It was just more motivation that um, I could have done more to get extended. But the reality is that it it wasn't. So it's not a big deal. That's not what motivates me. What motivates me now is um, coming back, off of last year and, and getting this team back to the playoffs, having a better record than eight and eight and, and playing to the potential that I know that myself and the rest of my team can play at. So um, just, just very motivated and eager to um, continue to work and get ready for training camp right now. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey Mitch, can you take us through these workouts that you're organizing with, with the teammates that, that are in town? Tariq says it starts with a text message. Uh, with you and it kind of goes out like that take us through them if you can yeah I sent them all a text I do it individually 
that's that's the key. So don't do group text because then everyone doesn't apply, uh, reply. You got to do it individually. So each person feels like you're talking only to them. And I send out the text and just to guys who are still in town, uh, a few running backs, receivers, and tight ends. And uh, we just been uh, throwing, running routes, and going over the installs that we uh, have uh, during the week. So whatever OTA um, plays we, we install that week, we go out, run them on the field and hit those routes and get down the timing. And I think it's really helped to me and the guys a lot just to be around each other since we're not able to all be in the buildings um, this off season. So it's been fun to get out on the field, throw a little routes and um, just work on our game and, and continue to go over this offense. So we're able to um, have an advantage and uh, get on the same page going into training camp. So it's been fun. And uh, obviously I wish we could do a lot more, but I, I think, uh, it's been um, good organizing these workouts and getting out on the field with those guys. Go ahead, Hub. Hey, Mitch. Good to see you again, man. Um, you know, we've talked to a lot of your teammates the uh, last couple of days, and they seem to all at one point or other mention you as their leader. Uh, you know, good for you. And, you know, I'm sure that's something you're proud of. Um, you've got these two huge issues. Well, I hope it's something you're proud of, man. That's your laugh. <laughs> we just said good for you. It's funny how you said that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, it's not as a compliment. I'll tell you that. So, oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, uh, but you've got these two huge issues with, with the racial unrest and particularly the coronavirus. And, and, and as a leader of the team, there's going to come a point when you guys are coming back to work. And what we're finding out with all the other sports that are trying to play games, there's more than financial concerns. There's safety concerns here. So I'm curious, you know, what your attitude towards the virus staying safe and what your message to your teammates is going to be as to how you can do this and when you can do this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's been crazy with COVID going on, and we're at a very important uh, stage in our country uh, regarding fighting racial injustices in our country. And uh, I think, obviously, safety is, is number one in regards to COVID. And I think um, unity, love, and, and peace within our team and being an example for our community and, and getting out and creating positive change um, is another huge thing for our team. So I think this, everybody get on the same page, continually having those conversations um, about what's going on in our country and the racial injustices that are still occurring and being on the same page about COVID-19, two totally different things. Um, but it, it is very important. I think communication is, is a very important thing. Um, and we've had those conversations and they just need to keep going, but it's, it's definitely, um, going to be a part of it when we get back i think when it when it comes to covid you just got to be safe obviously we don't want anybody getting sick on our team when we uh, get back to the field um but as far as um the racial injustices go um we just need to continue to make a big impact in our community i think we've done a good job with our social justice committee that we created two years ago in 2017 um when when cap started kneeling and to try to create positive change within our community um, and help our communities in need uh, to fight these racial injustices. So we just got to keep that going, uh, continue to pull resources and money and um, get them out to those that need it and continue to spread love and peace and, and, and continue to support the black community. So it's an important time and we just got to continue to pull together as a team and everybody get on the same page and uh, just stay, stay the tight knit family that I know we are. Uh, Mike Berman, go ahead. Mitch, what's up, man? Hope you're good. Um, doing good. Hope you guys are doing well too. Thank you. During a traditional off season, it would be you'd have a, a fairly large sample size in a quarterback.
How do you think that'll impact um, you against Nick to determine who's the starting quarterback? And what will your what will your mindset be when it's just a, a small sample size to show the coaching staff? Yeah, I think because it's a small sample size, I think the advantage goes to me just because I've been the starter here the last two years. These are these are my guys, my teammates, and um, guys I've built super strong relationships over the last two years. But at the end of the day, it comes down to on-field performance. I think we both know that, the coaches know that, and our teammates know that. So um, when, when it comes down to getting on the field um, in training camp and competing against our defense – uh, we just, we just want to go out there and be a, be a better offense. And, uh, I just got to make sure the offense is better when I'm on the field, doing my job to the best I possibly can and make sure the, I'm giving the Chicago bears a great chance to win heading into the season. So whatever the sample size is, um, the on-field performance, uh, in practices and preseason games, whatever capacity that is, um, I think will determine it, but I'm, I'm excited for the process. And, uh, I knew, I know it'll be a good, healthy, uh, competition with, with all the guys in our room and we're just going to push each other and, um, and make our team better. Uh, Adam Hogue, go ahead. Hey, Mitch. Um, I hope this question makes sense, but, you know, you you mentioned how you're pissed off in a good way, and you've said a couple times how motivated you are. How do you hope that that manifests itself on the field once you're able to get out on the field, whether that's practice or in, or in games? I I hope it just motivates my teammates the way it has motivated me. Um, I just feel like I'm very, I, I feel like I'm in a good mental space right now. I'm very driven and motivated to, to do a lot more than I did last year, um, to push myself in ways I haven't pushed myself before, um, in the film room, knowledge of the offense, um, mechanics and footwork and holding myself to a, a whole new level. So I could, so I could play at a different level so I could not make mistakes and play the way that I believe I'm capable of playing. Um, and hopefully that rallies my teammates and pushes them to a different level as well to to raise their details to um, go out there practice harder leave it all on the field and uh, I think hopefully it'll just make our offense and our whole team better but uh, I just feel like I'm I'm in a good mental space right now um, I'm very locked in and and what I got to do and uh, I, I truly feel like I've gotten better every single day this off season um, working on my body working on the film room um, getting on the film studying the playbook and being on the same page with our coaches Coach Nagy and um, Coach DeFilippo and Coach Laser included, and um, just diving into this plan of, of what we got going for this uh, season. And uh, I'm just really excited about it. So um, the sooner we can get back and get back with my teammates, uh, the better. I can't wait. Uh, Mark Crody, go ahead. Yeah, another thing on the, the the being pissed off in a good way, would it be fair to say, or were you surprised when the Bears signed Nick Foles, surprised that they brought in competition? No, they said they were going to do it, so it wasn't a big surprise. Um, so it was – it is what it is. It's it's good to be pissed off a little bit. It's good to have that motivation. I think everyone on our team should be, by the way we performed last year, going 8-8 eight and eight and coming short of the playoffs. Um, we need to get back to the playoffs, and we, have, we need to have a different mentality that we did last year because we let a lot of details slip, and we didn't play the way um, – the way we're capable of playing. We, we lost games we should have won. And if you want to be a championship caliber team, that's not acceptable. So um, it's, it's also one thing to talk about it. We got to go out, go out and do it. We got to do it with our actions. um, And and we got to back up the talk with, with our play and and make it translate to the field. Uh, Jason Leisure, go ahead. Mitch, what do you think now about your future with the Bears? 
what do I think about it? I think yeah. all I can do is con- control what I can control this year, and that's go out and try to heck, have a hell of a year with my teammates. Um, I love these guys to death, and uh, I'm excited about this year, and whatever happens after that is out of my control. Um, uh, I just feel good about where I'm at right now. I feel excited about this team and uh, and, and what we've been able to accomplish over over these OTAs on Zoom meetings and stuff and just throwing with the guys in the area. Um, I'm just excited. So I don't, I don't know about the future. No one really does. Um, but I'm excited about uh, the possibilities of what can happen, and, and, and I feel good about it, and I'm just confident about uh, where my career is headed. All right, everyone, we got time for a few more. Uh, Dion Miller, go ahead. Hey, Mish, good to see you. Um, what have your interactions been like with Nick? Um, I know that you guys chatted right after he joined the team, and he seemed to think that went well. Um, would love your perspective on that and just how you guys have worked together via Zoom or or what the room has felt like in this virtual world. Yeah, it's been great. Nick Nick is a really good dude. It's been all positive, uh, healthy relationship. And uh, the first conversation we had, I, I think we both made it a point that it's important for us to be a part of a great quarterback room. That's what we want. So it's now it's me, Nick, and Tyler included. And our job is to... Uh, push each other, help each other get better, and make sure we're prepared going out into the football field. And I think um, we're all going to bring that into the quarterback room. So, But there also comes the competition side of it, and I want to win this competition, and I want to be the guy out on the field leading this team. So um, there's also things you have to take care of um, when you're on your own, and that's what I'm doing going about my business. But we're going to have a great relationship. and he seems like an awesome guy, just the interactions. And we're able to help each other as much as we can on Zoom meetings, having those conversations. So it's, it's been going really well. And I'm excited about how it's going to go. But from all the conversations I've had with him, it's been positive. Uh, Mark Potash, go ahead. Hey, Mitch, uh, what difference uh, has the new, have the new coaches made on you, especially like a guy like Filippo? I know he did wonders for Foles. But uh, can that make a difference? Even without being on the field, have you noticed that a guy like Filippo? And I guess laser too, but especially Deep Lippo has made a difference or can make a difference for you. Yeah, I definitely think they can. I think uh, Coach Deep Lippo has done a great job uh, developing quarterbacks and helping them with all the different drills that he he's shown me this offseason so far. So um, it's been impactful on the Zoom meetings, but I think we can take it to a whole new level once we get on the field, obviously, with him. Um, but just having those conversations, I'm just excited to work with him. Um, and get on the field so we can really get hands-on and he can push me uh, in different ways um, this upcoming year. But, yeah, Coach Filippo and Coach Laser have made a great impression on me so far. I think they're bringing new excitement um, and, and details uh, this offense that are really going to help us, and I think they're going to hold us uh, to a whole new standard that can uh, help this offense perform a lot better. Thank you. And we got time for one more. Stacey Dales, go ahead. Hey, Mitch, it's great to see you. Um, I guess my question is, how do you gauge improvement? And this may be for any player, but how do you, you mentioned correcting mistakes. Um, how do you gauge improvement when you really can't get on the field with all of your teammates? Yeah, that's, that's kind of tough. I think we'll really see once we get in the training camp uh, where we're at going against the defense. But for me, uh, I've just been gauging improvement and how my body feels, how, how I'm throwing the ball on the field and, and how my understanding of the offense is. So I just feel like, Everything that we installed over OTAs, I got it down packed. Uh, the way the ball is coming out of my hand on the field and uh, throwing with balance and great mechanics, uh, it, it feels really good. Um, and then 
just where I'm at mentally. So, but I guess none of that really matters until you get onto the field and you know you can perform and produce the way your team needs you to produce. But um, you, you just try to push yourself as much as you can, get better every single day, and hopefully those results um, will speak for themselves once we get to the season. But right now, it is kind of tough to engage uh, to gauge. All right, there he is, Mitchell Trubisky, or Mitch. I'm getting criticized for everything today, including that. It's calling him Mitchell. Um, and we have a ton of reaction here from what he had to say. But first, we do need to take a timeout uh, with basketball returning soon. The debate rages on who is the GOAT. John's one thing we do know for sure is Manscaped is the goat for men's grooming. So I, I think we can safely assume if that's the case, then uh, a Michael Jordan. The goat we all know in Chicago would be using this as well. So Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced while designing your own triangle offense down under. That's amazing. Uh, the fir- the perfect package 3.0 kit. It comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 water resistant cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. Uh, you-, you can get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code the athletic at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use code. The Athletic. All right, guys. We heard the conversation there with Trubisky. The floor is yours. I think, uh, well, forget the the, the pissed off angle here for a second. Be sure to read Adam Hogue's column here on NBC Sports Chicago, though. Just giving you one more plug, Adam. I, I liked his his honest assessment of where he thinks he might actually stand in the competition right now, where he says, I actually think this favors me, the the, the condensed offseason, the having the, the time spent with his teammates that Nick Foles doesn't have. So, yes, look, I've, I've written it that Nick Foles should be viewed differently because of his connections to the Bears' new coaches. But what Mitch is, is doing right now with his teammates, Nick Foles isn't. That is meaningful especially at this time where you can't get together as a team. And, and I think it's going to be invaluable time spent with with, with his guys. Yeah, I, I'm with you, John Z. I, I think that was, you know, we talked earlier about him being open and honest today. For him to say, hey, I think I have an advantage in this competition because it's a small sample size, because these are my teammates. This is my team. I've been the leader here for two years. You know, as much as the offense struggled last year, as much as Mitch Trubisky struggled last year, there was never a sense that there was any backlash in the locker room. I mean, this, this guy's got a lot of respect from his teammates, and you know he's showing that continued. You know, right now with, with some of these workouts he's doing. So I think that's good to see. Again, you you want this guy to get into the competition, and I will say this too, guys. So was it? It was three years ago that we were staying at House Hall listen to a certain quarterback say, this is my year, and we all kind of scoffed. I think when Mitch Trubisky says it, you know, we still know. We all, we've talked about it all offseason. We still expect Nick Foles is going to have a certain kind of edge in this thing because it's familiar with the coaching staff and all those things. But it just, you, you can't rule Mitch Trubisky out, and, and you can't rule him out of, of having a role in, the, in this quarterback this season. Well, just when he says, this is still my team, I believe that right now. 
Like, because I do think he has the support of his teammates. And as I've been saying all along, I think this is his competition to win or lose. We know what Nick Foles is. The Bears know what Nick Foles is. Matt Nagy knows what Nick Foles is. He trusts him. That's why they went out and got this specific quarterback, because they know whenever they turn to him, they know what they're getting. With Trubisky, though, and and I wrote this in my column, like, I, I just, I don't agree with the sentiment that They've already moved on from Trubisky. Plan A still remains fixing him. And they're going to do everything they can to do that. Now, this is all part of the process. Getting Foles, not picking up the fifth-year option, making him pissed off, making him go through the process of trying to figure out the coverages and becoming a master of coverages like Matt Nagy challenged him. And again, it's just all talk today from Trubisky, but that can't be a criticism because it's his job to talk to the media, and these are all things he said, but we've heard him with a different tone. We've heard him you know, say a lot of words, but not have a lot of meaning behind them in the past. I thought these were meaningful comments today, and I believe that this is still his job and his team until he gives the Bears enough reason in this competition to make it Nick Foles' team. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way uh, to, to put it, Adam. Just in terms of... It was also like how he said it. Here in Chicago, we like to psychoanalyze these quarterbacks. We probably did it too much with Jay Cutler, right? We, we literally like took stock of everything he said and turned it on its head, right? Like, And then when he when he changed as a person, we turned that on its head, too. Like, we, we overanalyze these guys, psychoanalyze these guys. But here I am, going to do it again with Mr. Trubisky. He seemed like he's in a good state. Like, he made sure to say, I'm pissed off, but in a good way. Like, he, he made sure to get certain points across, whether it's the time he's spending with his teammates or it's him realizing where he is at his career and what this season means to him, what this offseason, this this month of June means to that competition. I like that. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks, and this is the biggest story in town. So if, if I'm evaluating the body language, the mood, the way he was willing to joke around with Hub Arkish over, over Hub calling him a, a good leader, and that's nice. I, I forget the phrasing, but be sure to go listen to that. Like He was willing to smile answer questions seriously and get his points across like he made sure to get certain messages like like dropped in there throughout that entire 20 minutes like I, I tried picking up on as many as I can uh, they're there go listen to him again uh, he did a really good job today in just presenting himself as, as still the face of this franchise and you know what the beauty is of this weird off season with no OTAs and minicamp we have to psychoanalyze his press conference because that's all we have. We don't get to go see these workouts. There are no practices. We don't get to sit in the Zoom meetings in the film room and see how Mitch Trubisky is responding to Matt Nagy and some of the requests from his coaches. All we have of of Mitch is that 20 minutes that you just heard. So I think it's totally okay to use that and, and, and try to get a sense of where he's at mentally. And speaking of that, I, th- I don't know if you guys noticed this today, and it's probably the setting, it's Zoom, and he's in his, you know, he's in his house, and he's kind of, re- it's a relaxed setting, it's June. But I got a sense that this was a lot different than if we were all at House Hall right now, and we had all just spent nine weeks, or I guess four weeks of OTS minicamp charting every throw from both of them and, and thinking about, okay, we saw that, that Nick Foles was seven for seven in the red zone drill and Mitch was only, you know, six for eight. 
uh, and, and, and asking him about specific throws, specific interceptions. He didn't have to worry about any of that. And you can Don't print it, can't print unless you ask him about it. But all this whole offseason, he has not had to worry about any of that pressure. The competition right now has just been, he's just on his own. And I wonder if that kind of helps him out that he just doesn't have to worry about sitting there being judged side by side with Foles for every snap. He can kind of just have tunnel vision until training camp. You know, guys, uh, a miracle, though, right now has ended because we are three months into this quarantine, pretty much, right? Um, and for the first time in doing this podcast in these three months, uh, I am being interrupted by a child. So the streak is over. He's under my desk talking into a microphone, <laughs> pretending he's on this podcast yeah, right now. Like father, like son, Mitchell! <laughs> this is James's year. This is his team. This is his podcast. This is his podcast. It is right now. Um, but um, yeah, I'm having them. What was the video from the... Um, oh, the news anchor. The, the guy news anchor whose kid the guy. just walked in. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see We're gonna see your wife in a few minutes come in and drag, drag him out through the Actually, door. Actually, that's literally happening right now. She has just opened the door <laughs> and will hopefully remove the child from the podcast <laughs> as we... Uh, Continue to move on here. Now, I've had a few surprise um, visits for, for my sons during the, these Zoom calls. I don't know how many you guys have picked up. I saw on one it. of them. I saw one of them during, uh, was it uh, Roquan? Or yeah, Ro- Ro- Roquan. They listened to Roquan. They listened to Nagy. The little heads would, would pop in. Um, my second son came in today and made sure to listen to uh, Mitch Trubisky before he ran outside to go play in the little blow-up pool. Um, so... Yeah, they're interested. It's that time here. Everybody's interested in what Mitch Trubisky has to, to say. Um, th- there is a couple lines here I, I want to bring up, and I, let me know how, how you guys feel about them, but, but they stood out to me. This is later in, in the press conference. This, this is him answering more questions about being pissed off. I hope it just motivates my teammates the way that it has motivated me. I just feel like I'm in a good mental space right now. I'm very driven and motivated to do a lot more than I did last year, to push myself in ways I haven't pushed myself before in the film room, knowledge of the offense, mechanics, and footwork, and holding myself to a whole new level so I can play at a different level. The words good mental space struck me because here we are, again, psychoanalyzing the quarterback, right? And to hear him verbalize it, to hear him basically say he's gotten over last year and all the pressure he was under through all the ebbs and flows of that disappointing year for, for him and, and the entire team. And I, if if I'm hearing that and, and I'm the Bears coaches, if I'm somebody at Hallis Hall or watching it over Zoom since we're all in this pandemic world, that's encouraging to me. Yeah, there's, there's this sense that I've seen um, that – well, wait a second. He should always be motivated. Why should this make him yeah. more motivated? I'm and seeing that right now on Twitter, actually, and I was going to bring that up. And I don't know about you guys, but if I'm told that if I don't perform well this year, I will lose my job, I think that adds a little extra motivation and for anybody in any line of work. Mr. Trubisky was told, we don't think you're good enough right now to give you a contract extension. We are going to trade for Nick Foles and give him a boatload of money. And he, you're going to have to compete to win your job. How does that not add a little bit of extra motivation to the way that he's going to work and adjust from last offseason? I, I think people shouldn't 
underrate this. Like that's why there's literally books full of like motivational sayings. That's why Mitch Trubisky has that man in the arena quote on, on his wall. That's that's why certain players quote their favorite or put their favorite quotes out there on Twitter and, and social media. These guys are people. They, they, they hear different things and it motivates them in different ways. Situations motivate different players. It's like the same old theory, you know, like sometimes a guy just needs a change of scenery and, and his career takes off in different things because sometimes it's messaging, sometimes it's coaching, sometimes it's a lot of different things that factor into to the success of players. So I understand the criticism. I just would not write off the importance of being motivated and finding the right people to motivate certain players on your team, especially your quarterback. Yeah, there's a big difference. I mean, this is a guy that has never been criticized for a lack of work ethic. No one's ever accused him of not being motivated. Um, You know, and that's from on and off the record conversations with people who know Mitch well. That's just not a problem here. But there's a difference between being a you know, a motivated player who gets the work done and being somebody who's now playing and practicing like a fire is lit under your ass. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a big difference there. And like Kev, you said, it doesn't really matter what your job is. If someone tells you that, you know, you got to do it now or you're getting replaced you're going to react to that. You're going to yeah. approach your day-to-day differently, even if you are a good, motivated employer employee before that. Like players react to, to different situations. Like If you're going to criticize how players motivate themselves or find motivation in different things, then you should rip Patrick Mahomes for counting to, what, 10 on his fingers after, you know, while well, he's in the process of beating the Bears, that's clearly a shot at the Bears, and that's clearly been motivation for him throughout mm-hmm. his his early rise into becoming an NFL superstar. Guys remember these things. Guys remember getting passed over in the draft. Did that old chip on the shoulder? You know, like Mitch Trubisky, based off what we heard today, I would clearly say he's got that chip on the shoulder mentality right now. Right, guys? Yeah, he does. And, and I think and, and he's, I think it's important to state, too, that I, I guess I'm speaking for myself, but it's some, I haven't heard this from you guys. None of us are sitting here and saying that he's going to suddenly have a revelation as a player on the field. Like we're not we're not making this statement like based on his press conference and what he's doing, he is finally going to figure it out. But I do think that when we get to training camp, we get to the season, we can kind of you have these checklists and you can kind of rule things out. And we don't have to worry about his motivation. We don't have to worry about his work ethic, Hogue, as you mentioned. We don't have to worry about his leadership. You know, those are things that, you know, they're they're givens. You know what you're getting with that with him. And it is possible that, you know, he just is just not the type of quarterback that can operate the offense Matt Nagy wants. No matter how hard he works, no matter what he does, maybe it's just never going to work. That is still entirely possible. But I think that you have to look at what the guy's done and what his mindset is right now and think, okay, he's putting... He's going to put himself in the best position to do what he needs to do to be successful as a quarterback. You know, like it or not, the reality of last season is that Mitch was playing hurt. He had virtually no help around him and, you know, some questionable coaching, too. So, you know, he didn't play well, but there are some legitimate variables around him that didn't help the situation. I think what the Bears are doing right now are trying to... eliminate as many of those variables as possible to really get the best 
evaluation they can from the quarterback that they drafted number two overall a few years ago. And so that if and when they decide that they need to move on to a different quarterback, that there's no regrets, that there's no, there's no you know, unknown left there, that if they're going to let go of Trubisky and let him go to a different team, that they don't have to worry about him, you know, change his scenery. We, you talked about earlier, Johns, that it all of a sudden it takes off there. You know, there, this is which why I say their plan A is still to fix Mitch Trubisky. You can't move on from him too soon. I think, and I think right now with what we're seeing with the way they've challenged Mitch, with the moves they've made to challenge him and his response the only way that there is a scenario where the evaluation doesn't feel complete is if for some reason like he were to have a catastrophic injury in the preseason, you know, that just you don't get the 2020 evaluation that you were, you thought you were going to get. And that would make things hard. But otherwise, I think we're going to have a more complete picture on who Mitchell Trubisky is as a quarterback uh, relatively soon here, assuming that there's actually practices. That's a great way to put it, Adam. You need to to finish out this process, see it through uh, to the very end, and maybe that's Trubisky getting benched in week four. Maybe it's him replacing Nick Foles in week four. You need to let this play out one more year. And the Bears, you mentioned all the like Mitch Trubisky takes a lot of the a lot of the blame, a lot of the heat for what went wrong offensively last year, and, and rightfully so. He, he's the quarterback. There's a lot of responsibility in that position. But I think you saw the Bears this season specifically make changes based off things that were wrong around them as well. It's why you got John Filippo and Bill Lazor. It's why Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet are here. Those are significant changes around your quarterback. Like the, the you move tight end, Hugely important in Matt Nagy's offense. The the voice that Matt that, that the quarterbacks are going to hear every single day that's now different. Dave Ragone has, I guess, how should we phrase this? Guy's just kind of slid out of there uh, a little bit, and now you have John D. Filippo. The Bears made a concerted effort to address certain things that were wrong with the offense that are kind of beyond Mitchell Trubisky, and that's part of the evaluation as well here. That's part of the completing this, is 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 making those steps as well. Do you guys know that Nick Foles has never played in more than 13 games in a season? Yep. You know, I have said this all, all since they traded for him. I expect both quarterbacks to start this season at some point. And you think about all the the added injury risk from not having OTAs, the fact that both these guys have had injuries in their career. And I'll say this, if Nick Foles is the day one starter, the Bears are going to have one of the better backups, you know, in football, which, you know, it's not, that's not what Mitch Trubisky wants. But there, and if, if Nick Foles starts day one, there is a very good probability based on what we've seen from Nick Foles' career that at some point Mitch Trubisky is going to get an opportunity with this offense to show at that point it's going to be showing the rest of the league what he can do. Because if the Bears say Nick Foles is our starter day one, you know, they're essentially moving on long term. There's always that scenario where Mitch comes in and just lights it up, and then they're like, "Well, wait a second, now we got to re- reassess this." But I do think that, like, if you're the Bears, you have to be happy that your that 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 Mitch is looking at it at this way, and he's this competitive, and he's this focused um, because you're going to need him most likely at some point this season. And for fans, I know there's a lot of fans that obviously don't like Mitch Trubisky. He's going to start. At, at some point this year. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced of it because I just can't see a scenario in which Nick Foles starts all 16 games. 
Guys, the last thing I want to address to you from from Trubisky's comments today, and, and we've talked about this periodically, but I still do not understand whether people want to admit this or not. There are people out there that are rooting for Trubisky to fail. Like, and I don't know why it's turned that way. I think maybe just because it's been so polarizing team, people were either team Mitch from the beginning or not, and they want to see that opinion validated. But when I hope that everybody, if you took the time on this podcast today to listen to everything that Trubisky said, why would you not be rooting for him to, to succeed with the things that he said, his motivation level, how he still wants to be a bear, how he's going to be giving it all this year. And like, I guess we got to stop getting frustrated with reactions on Twitter, but like for the moment you, you tweet that Trubisky said, this is still my team. I mean, and it's been like this for months. Almost every response is negative. And I just do not, I still don't understand that at all. In the long term, Adam, you and I have discussed this several times. He is still the the best long-term answer to this position. Nick Foles is, is, is a temporary solution if he happens to be your starter. He becomes that next bridge quarterback until you find, until you, until you take that next swing at that next quarterback, the next young quarterback. Trubisky, develop, his development was always going to take time. The Bears have always operated with that mindset, and there are reasons why things got off track last year. There's reasons why things never worked out with John Fox. But they always had the mindset that it would take time. But now, as we explained, Adam, this this is part of the process now. Like, the process is ending. The time is now for Mitch Trubisky. And Bears fans should still realize and still almost hope that he comes through on all the things that the Bears believed in him for when they drafted him. Well, it was good to hear from Trubisky today. Um, and, hey, there's more coming next week. A lot of assistance, the the... Uh, coordinators are talking next week. There's there's plenty for us to break down. Even though technically the off season program ended yesterday, it's been we we've been waiting five months to talk to the Bears offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got hired in January, and none of us has spoken to him. No? Actually, I don't so, think he's officially scheduled yet either, Kev. That's, that's true. true. He was he is TBD on the list. He is TBD. I'm assuming that we'll we'll get a chance to talk to him though. And and John D. Filippo too, who we've actually played on this podcast before when he was with the Eagles, and um, he's always an entertaining listen. So we got plenty more coming up next week. Um, also, guys, I watched Little Giants the other day. Organization so, of Puerto Rico. So if you guys want to jump on the Little Giants train, we can finally do our. Little Giants review. I'm in. Um, in this next month coming up, that's going to be usually our lull, lull period of the summer before training camp starts. So I'm just saying, hey, that movie was a little ahead of its time. Yeah. Let me yeah. say that. I, I would love to analyze a kid talking out of his own butt after getting hit so hard on the football field. Count me <laughs> in. James thought that was hilarious. And who doesn't really? <laughs> I still do. 37 yeah. years old. Still giggling about it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Uh, any I final thoughts, so. boys? <laughs> what a great movie. Oh, and James got scared. Uh, the part where he, uh, Spike says, I'm going to take your head off. And the kid <laughs> wiggles his head down. I think James thought he, he actually tackled his head right off his yeah. body. He turned around and looked at me like in horror. 
It was it was hilarious. I love that. Uh, all right, guys, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E. That column is up. I'm not angry. Uh, I'm not pissed off in the column, um, unlike some have suggested. Uh, but Mitch is. So read it, NBCSportsChicago.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, please rate and review it. And uh, check out these guys, Kevin Fishbane and Adam Johns on The Athletic. Uh, that's where you can get all their content. You should be subscribed. Please be a subscriber there, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Follow them at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, and Kevin Fishbane at K Fishbane. Boys, have a good weekend. See ya. Kevin Fishbane, go ahead. Hey, Mitch. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good.